Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Digital transformation and digital acceleration, what do they mean and what do they mean for your business? I have brought on two experts to tell you about this, and it is going to be game-changing for your business. So stay tuned and let's get this party started. Thanks for stopping by campus here at Trade Show University. I'm Jim Cermak, your host. I know you could be choosing any podcast we're listening to. I'm really, really excited that you are choosing Trade Show U today. Today's topic is digital transformation and digital acceleration. So, so important as we continue to accelerate into a digital world. My guests today are Heather Holst Knudsen and Brian Scott, who together have formed Tech Match. So, get your notepad ready because they are industry experts who are going to bring up brand new things that you need to consider that are going to make a huge, huge difference in your business. But before we dive in there, I'm going to be giving away copies of the international best-selling book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success by founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneurs on Fire is one of the top podcasts in the world for the past several years. This is a phenomenal book. It has completely changed the way I look at my business. You can grab your copy absolutely free if you get chosen. Each quarter, I'll be giving away copies of this and other amazing business books. All you have to do is be on my email newsletter list. To sign up, just go to tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U, dot B-I-Z. Drop your email right there on the homepage. Super, super simple. And if you're already signed up and part of the email newsletter, then thank you, and you're already in the drawing. There's nothing more for you to do. Every quarter, we're going to be choosing multiple winners. So just get over to tradeshowu.biz, type in your email, and guess what? I'll even send you an additional bonus gift as well. Right now, it's my top 52 trade show tips. So absolutely free, and you get in the drawing. Couldn't be better than that. So get over to tradeshowu.biz. Now let's get into the interview. Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be a really, really powerful episode. I have on uh, two guests who were on once before, and they talked all about secrets to selecting the right virtual event platform. I am so proud to have on Heather Holst Knudsen and Brian Scott. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Brian is an event technology expert with 22 years in the industry. He is the president and CIO of Clear Tone Consulting, and he has led the technology and product development efforts of some of the largest companies in the industry, currently provides consulting services to suppliers and event organizations. And Heather 
is the owner and CEO of H2K Partners. She has over 35 years of operational and strategic experience across all facets of B2B event and media business models, coupled with a deep understanding of the event tech landscape and digital. Heather has the unique ability to identify and execute revenue strategies and match business and revenue needs to the technology stack that will deliver results. And the two of them together have come together and and have a partnership called Tech Match. And I'll, we're, I'll let them tell a little about that. But Brian, Heather, welcome to Trade Show University. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks, Sam. Let's start by, by talking about today's topic, which is digital transformation, and specifically within the association and events industry. So let's get everybody on the same page. So for those who don't understand what uh, digital transformation is, can you give, give a quick uh, explanation of what that term really means? So uh, that's a great question. Digital acceleration is a multi-pronged concept. It is one, it is a cultural evolution of your business from top down. It is also the way that you are engaging with your customer across all of the digital touch points to improve the customer journey. It is the technology and data infrastructure that you use to enable that. And it is a way that you are embedding, you know, especially as I look at, you know, associations and event organizers, it is a way that you are putting all things digital into your offering to match your buyers and sellers together and to help them engage with their customers, whether it's face-to-face, virtual event, website, you know, but again, 365 journey to help your customers make decisions faster, better, with less risk. Sounds like a complete, not just digital transformation, but almost a, a company-wide transformation of how they do business. What, so what what is happening out there that is really driving the need for this kind of digital transformation? Well, I can pick the, do you want to take it? Yeah, how about if I start with this? COVID was obviously a significant catalyst to a lot of change. Mm. And one of the things that it changed was actually the pace of change itself. And that's got to be probably the biggest driver for what's causing uh, you know, so, much, so many dynamics uh, in the marketplace. Companies, there's a low barrier to entry. They have shorter planning cycles. They have shorter product cycles. They're coming to market faster. Competition is sprouting out all over the place. You know, the event tech market has exploded with all kinds of new vendors, all kinds of new investment. The, um, for event organizers, their customers and their customers' customers, right? They're all experiencing the same thing on their side where these cycles are getting faster and faster. And so the demand from the customer is just increasing. Lastly, and maybe just as important is that the, the workforce itself the, di- the demographics of the workforce is changing, right? Younger generations are coming in, the baby boomers are retiring and moving out. And these younger generations coming in are digital first or digital minded generations. And so they have much higher expectations for the kinds of engagement that they're expecting. I'm gonna to add to that actually, uh, because I think there is a you know fundamental change in how people buy and sell products and services. The internet, and this was happening before COVID, COVID just accelerated it, whereby I can find information or I think I can find information anywhere on any device at any time I need it to help me get down from that discovery, evaluation, research, you know, decision stage. But COVID clearly put the pedal to the metal on that. And 
you know, and that is where, you know, and I think that's driving, that is driving digital transformation for the majority of companies out there is, is this change. Yeah. Wow. So much to unpack there that for, for companies to, to consider because there, there's so much happening, but, but this, what you're talking about with the digital transformation is really kind of bringing it all together and, and making it more focused. So to me, the digital transformation, it, you, you can't bring things together that don't exist yet. Right. Got so it. I think okay. the digital transformation is you've done, you know, we were talking about this today and depth is it's, it really starts with your customer. Since the customer is driving this transformation, which does a few things. One is it makes it not your choice. Two, it makes it not your speed. <laughs> Three, <laughs> it's um, never ending in terms of this new journey. And it is a, a ripe environment for competitors to come in to solve those problems if mm. you're not doing it. So I think the first part is what do our customers need and mapping that out. And, and that is journey mapping in terms of what you offer today and what you what you want to be tomorrow. And it's also what I call, you know, extensive journey mapping. And it's not just what I do when I get to your website is what do I do during my day? What problems and pain points do I have and where am I going to solve them? And where are the opportunities where that, you know, I can insert myself as a brand in there to help. And I want to grab that because I want to be the best helper out there and taking it through the journey with your product. And then afterwards to make sure they keep coming back. Wow, that that was great. That helped me really uh, succinctly in my mind. It's the customers, their customer journey, it has to be re completely rethought. And it's not just getting to your website and how do I get them into my funnel or whatever it is, but how do I insert my brand into their day and become part of, of uh, their digital day and their digital transformation. And obviously the technology that, that is making is lowering the barriers to entry for our competitors to come in and fill some of those spaces and obviously COVID the catalyst to all this. So for, for associations and event organizations, what do you see as really their biggest challenges and in, in throughout all this? Brian, you want to take that one first? Sure. Well, they're all, you know, the, we can't uh, make one broad stroke and say they're all the same because they're certainly not. They're all in different industries, verticals, right? And some associations are, have had really good years. Actually, this this past 18 months, uh, even financially, has been pretty good for them. Many others, of course, are really suffering in, in lots of different ways. But aside from just COVID and, and the effect on events and financially, the, the impact that had on them, I think the biggest challenge that associations face is in dealing with a culture of change, right? You know, the event industry and associations specifically with that have probably, they've not been known as, you know, change agents and change, le change leaders. Many from out and technology, particularly from outside the events industry have always kind of looked into the event industry as something that's been a laggard. It's kind of always been behind and it's been, and so, and part of that, you know, part of that is driven by, the customer, but now those customers are changing. But the other part are, are, are the associations that are have relied wholly on the channel of face-to-face. -face. But now these digital channels are playing a much more significant role, right? And so that's, so I think they're gonna have to come to that awareness and be willing to change the way they do business and their business models. I can add to that. And I, and I do think these are shared problems across event organizers and associations. I mean, one is very siloed approach 
everything from, you know, let's look at an association where you have membership and education and advocacy and events are over here. And, but yet you're talking, you know, the audience that are going to those are, is like big overlap, but no data is being shared. So that's a big problem. Another problem is skill sets. So it's not just mindset. You know, the association industry has typically been seen as really slow and very, you know, people working at places for 20 years plus, you're, you need new skill sets. And that's the same also for event organizers. Okay. It's not about how great your operations and logistics are. It's about how great your customer journey is across all digital touch points now. And I would say the third part is the confusion in the technology marketplace. I mean, it is, you know, Brian was talking today on this webinar we were doing, and um, he basically said before COVID, you know, you knew of seven to 10 players maximum, right? Because we weren't really looking at it. It was the, you know, the knowns out there. Now there are 300 plus. And it is, and that's just the uh, platform space. And the platforms are now getting into the mobile apps. Like everyone's all over each other. So I think that's also incredibly difficult. And it's immature, right? Because um, there are there are events that use seven different technologies to put on one hybrid event, you know, between platforms and polling and you know matchmaking and meetings and you know it's, it's that's very difficult, especially when you're looking at getting one single source of the truth. And I want to say there was one other one that I wanted to uh, bring up here because I think it's also really important. Is it is overwhelming. This, this scope of transformation. And it's all, it's like so overwhelming, it's where do we start, right? We've, we had to hustle through COVID to survive. We're now coming out of it in a very uncertain environment. We're trying to go you know, back to face to face, you know, the Delta, the this, but then while all that's going on, and, and I'm now having to find new skills, I have to launch a new, like, where do you start? So I think the overwhelming part of it too is, is definitely a factor. You know, I want to, if you don't mind, I want to add on one thing onto that because I don't want to, I don't want to put it all on associations. I think the, the suppliers have played a role in this to some degree as well. If you look in the consumer space, there, there is a data sharing economy that exists. You know, all of these SaaS platforms started with APIs to be open, to openly share easily, you know, their data. And then these data exchange companies like Zapier, come and have come up where non-tech people can move data from one platform to the other very, very easily. And it's, it has spawned an entire marketplace, right? An economy of, of its own. Nothing like that exists in event tech. And largely because event tech suppliers have not come to the market with their products in that way, you know, having standardized open APIs right from the beginning that can easily share. And so it's another area that we're lagging, but that makes it hard for for event organizers to know the one version of the truth and get that data and deal with it. I can't agree with you more. That is like an amazing point. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there was something I just wanted to say about this, that it's like the event organizers don't even know where to start because it's so confusing. And the event tech companies aren't helping them with this major (laughs) part, which is the data. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually quite insane. Mm-hmm. So, and now there's more data available than we've ever seen ever. Whereas in the past, if you compare a live event to a to a digital event, in a live event, 
if someone comes to your booth and walks through and leaves and you didn't get a chance to scan their badge, you don't know if they, they even came through. They may have taken literature. They may have walked, watched mm-hmm. a video. They may have talked to somebody and, and left and you don't even know. But now anyone that comes to your digital booth, you can know everything about them. You know what they looked at, how long they were there, who they, who they had a chat with. There's so much data available. And to your point, Heather, the, the tech companies aren't helping the event organizers. They're not saying, here's what you could do with this data. Here's the data that is available to you. How can you, how can you take this and do something powerful with it? So, so data as as we move forward, what what steps would you say are important for companies, for show organizers, for associations? What what steps should they take regarding data? We'll just start there. Oof. Well, want to start. <laughs> there's a there's certainly a lot there. I, I'd say the, the first well, there's three steps I'm gonna suggest of them. So first off. Data for data's sake in and of itself means nothing, you know, and it, it comes back to the customer centricity. You, you really have to understand what kind of journey you're trying to set up for your customer. And then you're measuring the, that journey, right? Measuring the effectiveness of it. And you do that with data, right? And so you have to have a journey that you're trying to, to head to a purpose to, to, to get the data. And so then you, so you have your, basically your strategy and that, that comes into your data strategy. So then what I'd say that leads to then is you have to select vendors that are understand that and are truly going to support it, right? And that they can demonstrate up front that they're going to help you reach those objectives in different in, in ways. And and I think the, like I've mentioned, I think the event tech groups, suppliers really need to be challenged a little bit more in that space, right? And I, I, I think they, they can, I know they have the capabilities to step up into it, but I think they've they've been allowed to not be quite as helpful as they ought to be. Actually, I got to jump in on this data point on the the, uh, the platform side, uh, just on a side note, which I think is really important for organizers to, to know and pressure them now. But when it came out that Swap Card and Hopin, at least two of them, and I know Wova actually are data owners, i.e. the people that come in to register now are owned by these vendors versus the event organizer uh-huh. or co-ownership or whatever you want. I mean, to me, just the premise that I'm paying you tens of thousands of dollars to host my event, but you're now using my data to increase your valuation with venture capital, and I don't benefit from that. Like that equation, it should change and the, the event organizers should, or association, whoever's using the platform should say, you know what? Okay, I get that you're doing that, but what value am I getting out of this now? What are you doing to help me with this data that you're now extracting huge value to help me do um, make my events better or make more money or ensure that people are showing up. Yeah. Exactly. All sorts of new questions that, that event organizers and associations have never even considered before now need to be raised. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So much. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's a lot there. There's a lot there. Now you talked a lot about uh, challenges. You talked a lot about the things that are the, the big I say discrepancies, but the biggest challenges that uh, associations, event organizers face with, with regards to digital transformation, digital acceleration, what are some, some practical steps they can take right now to start that journey? 
Well, it, I'll jump on here first. First of all, it all starts with leadership. Okay. This is one of those things that if you do not have forward thinking, fully, you know, buying into it and advocating it leadership, you can't start the journey. So I think that's your first step is, is my leadership or am I the leader fully understanding what we need to be as a company and how it's going to change our business model, how we're going to have to do this while we're keeping the regular business going, how we're going to have to start really looking at people's skills and change culture, you know, and how am I as a leader going to be transparent throughout this process about what our goals are, what are the KPIs, what are we looking to achieve so that everyone who's participating realizes that this is not a project, this is our business. So that's, that's where you start, number one. One of the clients that we work with, and then here's a great example of, you know, you know, if you look at some of the stuff that's in there about how important culture and leadership is, you know, we got hired to do an evaluation of their, like a gap analysis, right? It's like, which is really the first step. If, you know, if, if you got the leader saying, yes, we got to do it, then it's like, okay, where do we start, right? Because we can't start with just like, oh, digital acceleration. We need to figure out where, what part of the business are we going to start? Where are we going to do these pilots? But in order to do that, we need to make sure that your people are ready, that they're aligned, that they understand what innovation means, what their role is, how has it happened in the past? You know, is your data and tech, what's the status of your data and tech stack? And this client, basically we interviewed all of their, what I call core staff. And, and this was one of a, a huge B2B media publisher with millions of site visits a month. They do events, small ones. But one of the questions we asked is, how has innovation gone at their company? And 99.9% of the time, it was this. We innovate. We throw ideas up on the wall. They all sound great. But somehow, we never follow through to what we would, you know, it, it's not, we, we, there's no process. There's no, we don't know, like, there's so many different opinions about what success looks like. So really what they had the money to do it, right? So they were properly funded. They had leadership who was advocating, right? Saying, hey, go do this. They were missing a cultural alignment as well as a role of accountability to, to manage and drive in this in, these innovative moves they were making from start to finish. And everyone was pointing fingers at everybody else when things didn't go right. And then they would say, it doesn't work. Anything else on that, Brian? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got, leadership has to step up. They've, they've got to acknowledge that we've got to make the change. They've got to have that cultural alignment. I think that, for me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest, not only surprise, but the biggest re revelation to me is that this is not just a decision. This is a, cul a culture change. Mm -hmm. And you might need a new leader, I'll be honest, because wow. what this requires is the leader needs to walk the room. The leader needs to not write a memo or get on a video and say, it's the town hall. This leader needs to get out in the halls, talk to teams, speak to customers, be present to understand what the business actually needs to do. Then that leader has to come up with a vision in collaboration with cross-functional stakeholders, let's say second, third in command. I know we're not supposed to use that word anymore, but you know what I'm talking about and, and really decide what are we and how are we going to do it? And then communicate that on a weekly basis 
with the full team, the whole company needs to know where you're going. They need to, everyone needs to feel they have skin in the game, that what they're doing has benefit conclusion and you are part of something big, not just like, oh, I'm giving you more work to do. We don't know really kind of where it is, but you're expected to do that and then do this too. So much great stuff there. And, and I'm sure that you could feel Heather's passion as she's telling this because it is so important. It's such a, so many great tips that she's giving and the steps that you need to take. Yeah. As we, as we kind of come, come uh, around the corner on our, our conversation here, what, what do you, would you say are the top one to two takeaways that you want, you want listeners to really, really take from this today's episode? I'll start. I think there's a, a stat that we became aware of that I think is very, very impactful. And before I share the stat, I, I think I'll share the way that most event organizations think of technology, you know, as a, from a functional perspective, we need something that does this. We need something else that does it, this, you know, does this, right? And they present those functions, you know, to their members, their attendees, exhibitors, sponsors, whatever. So, you know, and try to, to execute meetings. But in reality, in, in the consumer space, and now, and it's moving into B and B now, moving into that, because of these changing digital ex- buying selling processes, that 75% of a company's competitive edge comes from the customer experience. So let me say that again. It's not so much just the function that you offer, but it's the experience that that customer has with the function that creates the entire differentiation and you know competitive edge for an organization and so that's part of the cultural changes from for moving from just thinking these are the things we have to do but it's how we do those things for our customers that is going to make the biggest impact no i, I couldn't agree more with that and you know to bring down your question to you know five thousand feet of what we're talking before but leading into this customer experience i would say that you know, takeaway is that the customer is the center of this whole process. It's about culture leadership and knowing that, you know, change is part of this and that it's okay to get rid of people if they're not part of this, this movement. That's, that's part of this. But the second part is the hard work that goes into it is, is very detailed. It is, you know, doing a customer journey map um, exercise, for example. I mean, you could literally have a hundred different types of journey maps because it's not a journey. Like, and it gets me so annoyed when I see these on the internet, like here's your five stages and this is what they're doing in this stage. That's not a journey map. Okay. A journey map is, you know, what are they doing before they engage with you online? What are they searching for? What does, what inspires them or what motivates them all the way down to what happens when they get to your site or they go to your event or they hit an ad what happens if they go this way? What happens if they go that way? What emotions are they feeling when they're going through it? Yes. And then looking at where you are today and be like, oh, wow, we are failing on this one. I mean, this is why our drop-off rate on registration is this. Where do we want it to be? And what does the journey need to look like? And how between the current state and the future state, what's that pathway to get to excellence? But that has to happen on every single level of every journey. Wow. Powerful, powerful stuff. It all starts with the customers and and you have to be able to make the tough decisions on if there's 
people because people drive companies. It's not processes, people that drive companies. And if you have the wrong people in leadership positions, it's it's going to stop everything in its tracks and you're not going to maximize your results. And then it's the customer journey, a true customer journey of, of understanding everything that they're going through. The experience is, and, is just I just so have to add one more thing to that one, though, because yeah. I think it's a nuance that we, we should have brought up. It is, and this is where, you know, it's so important for associations, event organizers, B2B media companies, you know, any type of marketplace that's being, you know, buyers and sellers putting them together in whatever format, that's a very unique business model. Because it's not, you're not only having two different types of customers and all these sub speakers and all, you know, advisory board members, all these different stakeholders, but you also have to know the customer's customer because what you're building in terms of that marketplace are those touch points of how your, let's say, exhibitor or sponsor is connecting with their customer. So it's really, it's, it's, it's a, it's a challenge for event and associations, but it's exciting one. And I think there's lots of revenue opportunities, you know, if, you know, for the smart ones out there. Yeah. It's going way deeper than they ever have before. And that's, and that's going to open up all new, all new opportunities and, and possibilities. Wow. Fantastic. And I, I just want to throw one more thing in there just to reiterate what Brian said. It's not just function, but experiences that create your competitive edge going forward. Wow, this has been great. I love the the power that you've brought here. So many great things for for companies to think about, and I'm sure they are they have to think deeply and make some in some cases maybe some really tough decisions, but things that are necessary to move forward. Thank you so much for to both of you for for sharing that. Why don't you tell people about Tech Match? Brian, you want me to kick off, or do you want to do it? No, go ahead, Heather. Okay. So TechMatch is a strategic partnership between um, Scott and myself. You know, we each have our own consulting businesses. We do, you know, work with lots of clients in the association event and event tech space. But we we had a an interesting connection of the minds um, about data. And this discussion that got initiated off of LinkedIn led to like, wow, we really can help companies. Everything from understanding what their gap analysis, you know, doing a gap analysis to customer journey mapping to, you know, skills and development assessment, and and even all the way to like being their partner through the journey because understanding and of the industries, right? I've run events. I was always a forward thinking executive uh, we know data, we know media, we know associations, you know, Brian was CIO of Experian and he's got that awesome technology mind, you know, brilliance. So if you combine the business revenue strategy here with the brilliance of Brian's technology experience, and he's also like a wildly awesome business thinker, I think, you know, that's, and that's why we said, you know, let's go out and see if we can help people by, you know, putting, making a two plus two equal 10. <laughs> love it. Love it. So do you have, what, uh, what do you have? You told me you have a special offer for, for listeners. So we've got two things. One is we have a deck that we put together about digital acceleration with a, you know, what I call 10,000 foot view down to a 5,000 foot view and, and a focus on customer and building customer journey maps. And that you can access as a free download off our website, which, um, of course, I have to now look up and see what that URL is, but it's www.h, the number two, the letter K, 
partners. So h2kpartners.co slash TSU. So that's your, and when you download it, it will ask you if you are interested in um, receiving a free assessment from us, like a free hour long consultation. to just kind of get a bearings of where, you know, you may be in this journey and you could either do it by downloading that, or if you don't want to, you can email one of us. So awesome. So, so anyone who, obviously a lot of wheels are spinning right now around digital transformation, around digital acceleration and making those first steps or putting together that strategy you have no better opportunity than to get a free consultation with Heather and Brian. So please, I, I will drop all their contact information and drop the, the links to, to get that slide deck so you can learn more, but you really need to engage, especially if you're sitting here going, wow, I really don't know what are the first steps to take. <laughs> this is, this is the, the best opportunity you're ever gonna have to, to make sure you are setting off on the right foot and making that digital transformation and acceleration happen for your business in the right way. Thank you so much for that amazing offer. I, you know, I'd like to just end with, you know, the fact that it may seem daunting and challenging, but you know, you, you know, we're, we're here to help and it is, it can be done. You just need to start now. Fantastic. So Brian, Heather, thank you so much for joining me today and everyone, please check out their stuff and get that time with them some one-on-one -on -one time with the experts who know will be able to make the right assessment for you and your business. And continue to come back here at the Trade Show University here on campus, continue to learn, continue to get better, get better ROI, and, uh, and continue to grow as we move forward in this new digital future that uh, is going to encompass everything that we're doing in the event space. So thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. I hope you loved that interview with Brian and Heather. And if you did, let's show them some love. If you could leave a rating and review of this episode on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player that allows ratings and reviews, we love reading these and we'll share these with the guests. Again, leave a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe while you're there. And we'll see you next time here at Trade Show University.